What's up, everybody? We are calling this So You Want to Be a Strength Coach, and we're trying to give you some secrets, some tips that most coaches don't know when they get into the field because universities don't talk about this stuff when they're preparing you to go into the, the you know college or the private sector. So if you want to get into college strength and conditioning, whether you want to work the Olympic side, basketball side, um, baseball, like whatever you want to kind of learn, you need to know this stuff. And let's just kind of jump right in with what I said right there. There are different aspects of what you want to get into. So whether it is the Olympic side, the football side, the basketball side, down south in baseball, they have a baseball only, but you need to be aware of what you want to get into because you need to understand what your risk tolerance is. So just like when you invest in your 401k, you invest in a mutual fund, they ask you, hey, what's your risk tolerance? You need to know what your risk tolerance is to be a strength coach. Do you want high risk, high reward, or low risk, low reward? And what does that mean? In our world as strength and conditioning coaches, if you work with, I'm not saying, um, okay, first of all, primary primary sports is where I was going with it. So if you want to work with a, a high profile primary sport, basketball uh, and football are, are the main two. And I'm not saying it from my opinion. I'm saying it from those are the positions that get paid the most. Football, men's basketball, women's basketball, and then baseball, where they have you're the only strength coach and that's all you do. Those are the high profile, high risk, high reward. You're going to get paid the most. However, you have the greater likelihood of getting fired and let go if the team doesn't do well or if there's a rash of injuries. So that would be kind of your stock. You need to understand what is your risk tolerance. Do you want to work a lot of long hours? Do you are willing to take that massive risk to know that there's a payout? You look in college football. The first million-dollar head strength and conditioning coach in football happened with Rob Glass. I don't know when you're going to watch this, but right now it's September 21st in 2023. That was the first time it had happened. Now, there are Olympic strength and conditioning coaches that I know asked full-time work, part-time pay, $32,000 a year. They don't have good dental, medical, and they don't have a 401k. See the disparity there? Now, women's basketball, men's basketball, they're not making that million, but there are people making $400,000, $300,000 a year to work in that sport. But like I said, they might be asked to do some special things with recruiting. They're having that high risk, but they get a high reward with a high payout, and they can also get a good bonus. So that's the first thing you have to understand. What's your risk tolerance? Because on the flip side, high risk, high reward, low risk, low reward your Olympic sports. So if you go and you work with teams, um, <clears throat> you know, some of the coaches that I've worked with that worked in the Olympic world, they might be assigned to women's lacrosse, gymnastics, field hockey, or they might be assigned to softball, cross country, and tennis. Those teams, lower profile, lower risk of being let go if the head coach doesn't do well and doesn't win. You also, so you have the stability factor, you're like a bond, but you don't have the chance of getting a raise if the team does well. Team does well, great, hey, pat on the back. Team did, you know, didn't do well, hey, figure it out. But you're not going to see a raise in your pay because you don't have that high risk. So the, you know, men's basketball, women's basketball, football, those are your stocks, your bonds are your Olympic coaching jobs, and you need to know that before you get into it. Because if you don't understand that and you just think, oh, I want to be a strength coach and I want to do a really good job, you need to know what you're getting into um, with respect to the two. Second of all, kind of leads into the very first one, 
most important thing that you're going to do is you need to have a really good relationship with the coaches and the athletes and the support staff. That is something that does not get talked about enough in college. Here at Strength Coach Network, we believe that we're bridging the gap from what is taught in the classroom to what actually happens in the weight room. If you're not a member, make sure you get inside the network. We talk about this I mean, at length inside the network. So um, if you want to get inside the network, go ahead and click the link down below. You could also get our long form education course, Fundamentals 1 or Fundamentals 2. Level 1 is 19 hours. Level 2 is 25 hours of education from coaches in the um, NFL, Power 5 football, Power 5 basketball. So check those out if you're interested. But we talk about relationships. And we talk about relationships a lot because... That's why you're talking about Strength Coach Network. It's a network of coaches. It's relationships. You don't marry or you don't have a best friend of somebody that you don't like. The same thing happens in this job. You're going to be working. It doesn't matter what the profession is. You have to spend time to be good and get good at it. Whether it's a strength coach, athletic trainer, outside of athletics and sports. If you want to be a good electrician, if you want to be a good teacher, if you want to be a good saxophone player, whatever it is, you have to spend time practicing doing it to get better. If you're going to be doing it and you're going to be in a room with a bunch of other people doing the same thing, wouldn't you rather be doing that with people that you know, like, and trust? So that's why you have to understand how to work with other people and how to be a true collective group of people. Now, if you're the person in charge of leading this department, don't go around using these bastardized words of, oh, we're a family. You're not a family. Stop. Stop right there. That's not the case. Family, when the event of an emergency, they go and they stop everything that they're doing and they help out that family member. That's not what happens in athletics. You are a group of people working towards a common goal. That's not a family. Don't use that word. But understand, you have to, have to have the ability to work with people when you get into this field. You don't work with barbells. You don't work with dumbbells. You don't work with spreadsheets. You don't work with technology. You work with people and you utilize those tools to help you work with people. Then the third thing that we'll leave you with is you have to understand your progressions and your regressions. Why is that so important? Your progressions and regressions are going to help you dictate your ability to program because your program is dictated upon the room you have and the athletes that you have. All right, I'll say that again. Understand your progressions and regressions because you need to know that your program is going to be built upon the weight room you have and the athletes that you had. It does not matter if you came from Cal Deep. So let's use Cal as an example. Cal's a very well-known, good strength and conditioning coach. He's been on CVAF's uh, presentations, which are inside Strength Coach Network. Cal's a really smart strength coach. Cal has um, done ad nauseum with triphasic training. And if you're familiar with his setup, he has a big, long laundry list of exercises that are done in a training session. Well, he has a facility built for that. He also has a really high ceiling for his assisted jumps, and he has the ability to program the things in the way that he wants. You can't leave that school, come somewhere new that maybe has 12, 13, 14, 15 racks, and try to just copy and paste it because you don't have the room to, to do it. You also have to understand if you came somewhere that maybe had jammers, right? And you, oh, I got to program jammers. If you don't have jammers, what are you going to do instead? What's the regression? Why were you doing that movement? And just, you need to truly understand it so you can program it. Maybe you do have a room that can handle, that has jammers. Maybe you have a room that could handle triphasic. But do you have athletes that actually need triphasic? Or do you have these young kids that have never really picked up a weight in the 
before and they don't need to be worried about how fast they can contract and relax a dumbbell row like they need to just learn how to actually do a heavy dumbbell row and learn how to gain strength before you're doing all those crazy things so that's number three all right those are your three most important things that you need to know when you're getting into the field what's your risk tolerance all right do you want to be a stock or do you want to be a bond then number two you have to understand that relationships are going to drive how far you go in your career and then number three, you need to know the X's and O's of your progressions and regressions. So you're giving your athletes the appropriate exercise at the appropriate time. If you like this, all right, we'd appreciate it if you hit that subscribe button. Follow us. You can get more content like this. And yeah, thanks a lot for listening. Have a great rest of the day.